My name is Dulce Valencia, and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music, to the cast, to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, the podcast where I, Dulce Valencia, your host, watch and invite other people to watch telenovelas with me. Joining me again for her third week in a row is our dear friend, Kimberly Michelle Padilla Estrada. Hey, Kim. Hey, what's up? What's good? Okay, so Kim, Kim's computer is going to die. Mm-hmm. And in it has 29% battery. 28% now. 28 now, okay. <laughs> and so, um, and, and her she forgot her charger, and the one that I have doesn't fit her computer. So we're going to see if we can do this episode and finish it before Kim's computer dies. Dun, dun, dun. That, yeah. Anyway, so if you are new here, hi, welcome. We are currently watching and breaking down the 2017 classic, Caer en Tentación. Kim, do you want to give us like a two-sentence summary of what it's about in case it's anyone's first time listening to this podcast? Yes, a one, what would you say? One phrase, two sentences, two words? Two sentences. Okay. Actually, no, two words and then two sentences. Puro desmadre. <laughs> okay, now two sentences. Um, it's about betrayal and it's, this is still, this is a run on sentence, by the way. It's about betrayal and a couple who fell in love and were just like really selfish and cheated and cowardly and then it's about another couple who also fell in love and they did it right even though it's basically the same circumstance not really but kind of i feel like i fucked that up (laughs) that was the most run-on sentence i've ever heard oh i still have one more sentence i don't know because i don't know when a new sentence and uh period and federico period (laughs) okay so this telenovela is about two sets of families who are united by tragedy and infidelity and by secrets there's so many secrets going on in this telenovela the basic gist is we have damian and carolina the couple that cheated on their spouses raquel and santiago and in the past we see that story play out and we see how they became you know they became a couple how they became like how they how they basically launched into this affair there's really i set kim up for failure because there's no concise way of explaining the telenovela because it's so convoluted mhm and thank it's, you for pointing that out how dirty you did me however i feel like i could do it mhm <laughs> just kidding um so it's so yeah, so then three years in the present timeline, we see we see Santiago and Raquel come to terms with the infidelity and the betrayal of their respective spouses and their grief because none of them can really be angry at them, truly. Mm-hmm. Because Carolina is dead. And by the way, we don't know who killed her. We spent a whole episode debating on our theories, so if you want to check that out. And we also... Uh, Damian is still in a coma and he hasn't woken up Kim Mm -mm. 
I was going to say, and by the way, listeners, um, to prepare for this recording, the, or I guess this episode of Telenovelas con Dulce, we'll, we'll cover from episode 42 to 60. So we're already at episode 60 out of 90, and this man is still in a coma. Honestly, though, I was thinking about it when Mia goes to the hospital, which we'll talk about more when we start breaking down the plot. I would love, I think that's going to be my dream telenovela role. It's going to be to play a person in the hospital where all I have to do is look pretty as I'm dying. (laughs) And then cash a paycheck. (laughs) Although, okay, so before we get started on the breaking down the plot, just a few announcements, I guess. Um, Thank you to everyone who submitted questions for Ana Lorena. Uh, She, I got to record with her over the weekend so she got to answer some of your questions and you can look forward to that episode in august i'm so excited we have our first telenovela actor on the show but she's not gonna be our last because if you're a fan of tierra de reyes but we talked about having a reunion for the sisters the three main sisters on this podcast so that may happen um it's a little bit difficult because kimberly who Kimberly, her name is also Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Dos Ramos, who, by the way, plays Maribel in the remake of Ruby. But mm-hmm. she's a good Maribel. Oh, she like, does We have to watch right? that telenovela. Okay. We have to. It's only 35 episodes, Kim. Okay, let's do it. Okay. And she, play, she played Maribel, um, and she plays the youngest sister. She's currently filming a telenovela, so she's has her schedule very busy. Um, but Scarlett and Ana Lorena, uh, they're really, really good friends, so they're going to see each other sometime soon. And she said she would keep me posted, but we might be having a mini reunion here, which I'm so excited about. Exclusively on Telenovelas con Dulce. So if you're enjoying the podcast, now's the time to share it with someone. I don't know. Like, share with a friend. I feel like we're all friends here, even when I don't respond to your messages. But this is these are the moments where I want, like, a radio station, like, <laughs> sound effects board so I can be like, boo, every time you say when I don't respond to your messages, boo. Yeah, I'm horrible. And so that episode will be coming out in August. Uh, I also recorded it, so you can also see it in video format on YouTube. And um, subscribe to that channel. And also, I haven't even told Kim about this, but I am going to be starting a, I guess, companion podcast for this podcast. And it's going to be fully in Spanish and only available on YouTube. So I'm going to be covering different telenovelas, uh, it's going to be, the format's going to be a little bit different, uh, but it's going to be on YouTube. So go subscribe if you haven't already. And I'm hoping I'll release the first few episodes in the next month or so. Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So if you want to practice your Spanish, now's the time. All right, mm. Kim, because I, I feel like we're racing against I know. Uh, father time. 25%. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Can you give me a warning when it's at 15 Okay, excellent. Um, if this podcast is shorter than usual, you all know why now. I'm sorry, y'all. Ugh, truly, I don't know where my charger is. By the way, I think this is the longest intro we've ever done, which I love because this is like the shortest amount of time we've ever had to record. <laughs> also, though, because we already started talking about... because It's because we started breaking down what it's about. Mm-hmm. And then that took like... 
five minutes and then my announcements took like five and now we're explaining <laughs> what we explained oh we're so sorry i'm so sorry anyway let's let's start breaking down the plot but before <laughs> oh god it's just i feel like i have to say it okay say all it. right just a real fast recap when we last left off we, here are the questions that we don't know yet uh we don't know who killed carolina we don't know who Benha's real father is. And Ignacio is arrested because he's a prime suspect in the murder of Carolina. And we don't know if Federico's gay. So, last episode, we did say that we were going to spend some time talking about Santiago and Raquel and that love story. So, Kim, do you want to catch us up on what happened in these last few chunk of episodes that we watched? Wow. Thank you, Dulce. Um, okay. <laughs> now my mind's going blank. I think it's the pressure. Dulce, I'm having stage fright. I don't know what's happening. Can you take it away, please? Okay, y'all. Y'all, I hope, I hope, I hope someone finds this funny. Just one person. If one person finds this funny, then it'll be worth it. Um, okay, this is also my fault for leaving recording until the day before. And again, we're now on minute 10. Of and we're at 24% stop okay 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 so Raquel and Santiago Raquel and Santiago are basically best friends Raquel is this beautiful outgoing human being and Santiago is like reserved a little machista and everything but as their families got closer Raquel and Santiago developed a really cool friendship and I think Kim you said this last episode they were really best friends Raquel would say that Carolina was her best friend but really it was Santiago and so uh, last we left off, they have decided that they want to be together. They've fallen in love. But their kids on both sides are being little shits about it and are like, how dare you? And how dare you disrespect our mother's memory? Or how dare you disrespect our father's memory? All this stuff. And it's complicated because they end up having to hide around and they end up having to make up excuses and hide their love and at one point Raquel is like we're doing exactly what they were doing when they were cheating on us however to contradict Raquel a fictional character uh no because the reason they were hiding around was because they were literally cheating on you but the reason you're hiding around is to protect your family and to protect the feelings of your kids and I think that's very noble because one of the things that we talk, talked a lot about was how Damian and Carolina really did not care for their kids in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, they were constantly putting them and pushing their needs to the side so that they could run off and be together. Like, they were a little, like, bump in the road to their love affair. And so we really see the contrast between how these two couples are dealing with falling in love in the most unfortunate of circumstances uh and 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 then the the conflict here is that santiago and raquel want to put their kids first mm -hmm. and that complicates things in summary one couple is trash and the other is everything that is right in the world is it though okay so i was thinking about this because i'm like damn am i being too hard on damian and carolina and i'm like no, I, I think, so uh, it might have been in the first episode where we covered this novella or the second episode where I mentioned how 
in the beginning, we felt that that what they had was very much on the basis of lust. But I don't in in the last few episodes, I don't think that so much anymore. I think it's like it definitely was born from lust, but I think it developed into something more. Um, like again, mentioning the waterbed, you know, like the Mian felt a level of comfortability with Carolina that he obviously didn't with Raquel. And also the same with Carolina, because in these last episodes, we find out that one of the reasons why there's so much tension between Vicente, Carolina's brother, and herself is that they actually kind of were in a murdery situation together before. And that situation is that there was an evening. I'm very sorry. Content warning. This has to deal with abuse and rape. But there was an evening where they were growing up where their father attempted to uh, rape Carolina. And Vicente basically saved him and saved Carolina. And in saving Carolina, accidentally killed his father and had to dispose of the body. And that was very traumatic for both of them. And they responded in in very different ways. Vicente became an alcoholic, became very angry towards Carolina. And Carolina just kind of like completely like blocked that part of her life out. So this is something she had never told anyone. This is something only herself and Vicente knew. She had never even told Santiago. And there's a moment where Damian, he finds this out from Vicente, confirms it with Carolina. And when he confirms it, he asks like, or he mentions like, you didn't even tell Santiago. And she says no. And you can see that in a way, like he's really, he's really touched by that, that she confided in him like probably like the darkest part of her life so you can see this this relationship it definitely developed into love but it's still very much toxic and it's still very much tainted something that i was discussing with dulce was how carolina there was a moment where Damian was like fed up and he's like okay like i want to be with you all the time i want to be with you for real let's tell our families you know, and like, let's start our life. And Carolina was like, absolutely not. Like, if you do that, you'll never see me again. And then throughout the entire novela, we see Carolina getting really upset whenever she gets hints that um, Damian and Raquel have been being intimate. And then she kind of like blows up on him. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why are you still having sex with her? And he's like, dummy like she's my wife like you know she sometimes she wants to have sex and i can't keep making up excuses without her you know getting suspicious and he's like aren't you having sex with your husband and like it turns into this really ugly back and forth whereas like raquel and santiago again their love was born out of friendship they had a really deep and beautiful friendship prior to finding out that their spouses were cheating And that only grew even deeper and became romantic when they started leaning on each other and what was probably the hardest part, what will probably be the hardest part of both of their lives. And you can see like exactly how Dulce said, like they, they hid because deep down they were afraid. They were very much afraid that the feelings that they were feeling were coming, were being born out of vengeance. But then that kind of like, they kind of like passed that where they realized like, no, this is more than just wanting to get vengeance. This is me wanting to be with you. And then they were afraid as to what the public would think because while this whole thing is going on, Laura, 
the freaking head detective's wife is being so sleazy on camera, saying the most horrible things and saying the most horrible things when Raquel, Santiago, their families are doing absolutely nothing to deserve it or nothing to like kind of like bring that upon themselves so they're like imagine what the press would say imagine what the police would think if all of a sudden we're together and lola which is you know santiago and carolina's oldest daughter she brings this up as one of the reasons why she doesn't support it but on top of that also bringing to light the fact that yeah like in the timeline even though so much shit is like happening like in the timeline of all this when raquel and santiago get together it's not that long after you know, they find out Carolina's dead and that that man is in a coma. Like, they still haven't found the killer and they're already, like, together. Um, so I can... So when you were saying about, like, the kids being shitty, I'm like, Mia, yes. Because Mia's just a fucking... <sighs> Mia is trash. And we'll go into why Mia is trash later. Um, but, like, Federico, Nico, Lola, like... I understand where they're coming from and it's like they're even they are torn because it's like they can see the amount of support that they're providing for each other. They can see the like almost like the like their parents coming back to life when they're together. But at the same time, there's like a part of them where they're like, nah, like, nah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up, Kim. We have precious time. Okay. Sorry, y'all. My phone went off, so you'll probably hear it. But I also, to wrap up a little bit, the Santiago and Raquel part before we move on to other characters, Didi Saucedo said, she sent us a message. I decided to watch Tentación along with you guys. I already watched it when it first aired. Now I'm more mature and feel Damian in a way pressured Carolina. Of course, Carolina wanted him, but I feel if he had never approached her, she would not have initiated it and and it would have stayed lust. To me, these actors have such great chemistry and make it so believable. This novela and Yo no creo los hombres are those that are different from other novelas and kept me on my toes the whole time. Thought I'd just share my thoughts. By the way, Yo no creo los hombres was the reason I told you that Damien and Carolina do have good chemistry. Because they were the protagonists of that telenovela. Mm. And they were so good. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah. So what do you think? I So I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I disagree. Drama world disagree. Um, I only because so one of the most frustrating things about Carolina is that yes, that man definitely like was like fucking nagging, was constantly like, come on, come on. He definitely initiated everything. Um, definitely like put pressure on her. So maybe I don't completely disagree. He definitely put pressure on her, right? But Carolina at the end of the day she still has control of her life and even like honestly like okay i so i'm very anti-cheating but i feel like if you're gonna cheat there's a way to go about it you know there's there's level there are levels of cheating and how bad it is you are you really just saying there's a right way to cheat? no okay that was me wording it badly okay there's not a right way to cheat i guess there's a right way to go about it, when you cheat, let me explain myself. Let me explain myself. Okay, so, like, you know it's different. You know it's different if, like, 
Carolina and Damian were drunk at a party and they made out or they even had sex and then they felt terrible about it for like weeks or months and then they finally came clean and then with their spouses they went forward with a decision on like how to continue with their marriage and with their friendship to like this other couple like that's you know that's also cheating but that's handling it much better no dulce for real though dulce is giving me like the ugliest faces y'all but damian and carolina it wasn't just once it wasn't even just twice it was three years Carolina had fucking, like, cause we knew, we knew, like, Damian, like, from the beginning, like, Sinvergüenza, like, he was just like, I'm all for her now. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, he was just like, almost like coming off as like, he didn't give a single shit about his family or Raquel, which, like, later on, I feel like the writers were like, okay, like, we're really, we should give him a couple, we should sprinkle in a couple moments of him being a good father or, like, being a decent human being to Raquel. But no, like, Damian was instantly done with them when he saw Carolina. Whereas, like, Carolina was still kind of like, oh, like, I know this is wrong. Like, I know this was hurt, this would hurt my family. But yet she continued to do it, and she did it for three years. There should have been a moment I don't care if it was after what, you know what? There's always a moment for redemption. And we all have the power when we fuck up to like take a step back and decide, decide to do, to move forward and decide to do the right thing. That's why I was saying <laughs> cheating happens, unfortunately. And Dulce, why are you doing this? Okay, hold on, listener, because I just want to say that Dulce has told me, has told multiple people that she believes that every man on this planet cheats. Okay, that is a statement that is Dulce's belief. I am someone who was cheated on. So I feel like for me to be like, oh yeah, like there's different levels of cheating, there's different ways of going to cheating, and you're just kind of like, girl, that's and I think that's why I'm being like perplexed because I know how against you are of it and how much it hurt you so to have you say this like are you I'm against lying and I'm against deception okay that's that's and when I <laughs> let's get into my personal life when I got cheated on that's the thing that hurt me the most because you know Like, when I got cheated on, I got really obsessed with stories about husbands who kill their families. And that's because, in a very traumatic way, that's what it felt like to me. It was it was the shock. The shock of, like, I've been living with a murderer. Except, for me, it was the shock of, like, I've been living with a cheater. Like, you know, who lied to me for this amount of time and sneaked around and this and this many ways. Like, when... When you know that someone had been cheating on you for a while, you kind of think back and exactly the way that Raquel and Santiago did, you think back on everything and you were like, I should have fucking known. In that moment, I should have fucking known. Like, that's a clue, that's a clue, that's a clue. Whereas, like, if, you know, even if someone does it twice and they just, yeah, don't say, li listen, I, I'm a forgiving, I'm actually a forgiving Scorpio. We're rare. So you would have forgiven him. If he would have just been straight up with you and been like, I cheated. Um, yeah. Okay. But, but, uh, and so different levels, right? So I would have, okay, <laughs> let's get into my personal life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, cause I'm down for it. Um, so I, he was cheating on me for three months. I feel like 
not if he would have told me after the three months because like the fact that it overlapped with my birthday really hurt me i don't know why um and the fact that it overlapped with thanksgiving it really hurt me because those were two really special moments and i'm like what like those those special moments are now tainted right but if it if if this person who cheated on me, if they would have told me that they had cheated on me, were talking to this person for a month, had like kissed them a month ago, maybe a couple times, maybe like, you know, messed around. After a month, I would have forgiven. Because I'm a rare forgiving Scorpio. We are, we're like three leaf clovers. Because I'm telling you, I used to be a hold a grudge person and it wasn't until I realized that that was hurting me more than it was hurting anyone else that I was like no I have to be a forgiving person that's so interesting for my own theory right which is all men cheat at some point I'm gonna be if my theory is right right um you know someone cheats on me and then I have to like decide yes or no Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm on your same boat I feel like I would forgive if I think only if at that point, we were married. And I guess I understand your point about there being levels. Because if it was like a one-night stand, then okay, fine. Whatever. Maybe that's a time for conversation and therapy or something. Um, but if it's like, if they fell in love with someone else, I would absolutely... I think I would forgive, but I would not be with that person anymore mm-hmm. because why would you why, why would i want to be with someone who doesn't love me mm-hmm. right and, and that's like that's a really good like point of clarification because i guess i was saying forgive when i meant like decide to stay with them because mm. it's like i mean i've i've forgiven you know that person who's cheated on me because again when you hold a grudge it hurts you more than anyone else but it's like ugh, like do you want to go back with them for oh right you know I guess, yeah, that's a good point of clarification because that's what I thought you were saying and that's why I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it, it's different for every person. I, I don't want to shame people for, like, still being together with someone who cheated on them because in no way am I trying to shame you or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really strong that, you know, and powerful if you choose to forgive someone and then together you work through those problems and are able to be together. Yeah, and I think... For all you listeners who maybe have been cheated on and have maybe been hurt by this conversation because you decided to stay with the person, like, no one knows your relationship better than you do. And as long as, like, you know, you're happy and you're healthy, that's all that matters. And there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, during that conversation, we were talking, you mentioned something about uh, Carolina and Damian they were seeing each other at their worst and, like, still loving each other, even though, you know, they fought all the time. But they really, like, they grew to love each other, and only Damian knew Carolina's deepest, darkest side and ugliest side. And uh, and I think I wanted to just bring up, because Aranza and I mentioned it when we did our Teresa series, uh, Kim is a person that believes that Gone Girl is a love story and a beautiful one at that. And um, we explained it as, you know, they're seeing their deep and ugliest side. And at the end, they decide to stay together. Uh, And that also dealt with cheating. Mm -hmm. And that's what propels her to, like, you know, really go through with it. Because she's, like, fucking cheated on me. Like, I'm not staying with this cheater. Mm -hmm. And then she goes back to him. And is, like, she's also obviously a very, like, fucked up person and dealing with her own shit. 
but at the end they decide to stay and love each other. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to bring up with this, because we've talked about it a little bit, but I want to see if our opinion shifts as this telenovela goes on. Should we root for Carolina and Damian at all? I feel like I mentioned this in the last episode, and I'm going to say it again, and this is number one, always going to be my reason why I will not root for them. And that's because I just am someone who believes that the instant that you become a parent, you have to be a parent before anything else. And I know, and I know like, you know, that's, I feel like that's easy for me to say, right? Because I'm not a parent. And I definitely don't think that like, parents should become like slaves to their children. And I definitely feel like parents should like, have like a full and happy life outside of their children um and be their own people and stuff but when it comes to like like making major decisions in your life like i don't know i just feel like when you're signing up to be a parent that's what you're signing up for you're signing up to be a parent until the day you die so the fact that like they were really i don't know they just kind of like definitely like pushed aside their kids and especially in the beginning we're making decisions that were hurting their kids so they can go fuck each other because literally it was moments where they were just like oh no i'm just gonna go fuck him or fuck her you know like that's the thing that's shady and i know i just like went on about forgiveness but i'm just like i can't i can't I'm not holding a grudge against them, but am I going to actively root for them? No. And so that brings me on to Benjamin, Benja, because um, I think I'm going to, yeah, let's just move on a little bit so we can cover real fast the other storylines before your computer dies. So Carolina Damian, king and queen of not putting their kids first. However, in the upcoming episodes, we see the birth of Benjamin. We see Damian was there, and he's the one that cut the umbilical cord. Oh, that hurt. Santiago was not there. He like, named Benja. He named Benja. Santiago joked about naming him Santiago, mm-hmm. which would have been so cute, but mm-hmm. no. And so they both know that that's Damian's child, right? And then in the present timeline, Santiago is given the DNA test, and it's confirmed. Benjamin is... Damian and Carolina's child. So again, when we saw Carolina and Damian in the beginning of, of the telenovela, they were running away together without Benjamin, their own love child, right? So their love was extremely selfish that they literally would not put their kids with them. And um, by the way, I want to give a shout out to the child actor who portrays Benja because I found myself really loving him and loving his performance in the up- <laughs> in these last episodes that we watched. I just think that's so funny because we both have been having baby fever and wanting to have our group project baby. I actually, every time there'd be a scene with Benha, I was actually more impressed with like the adult actors because like, I mean, it's the baby, it's the little kid. So sometimes like, you know, they're having like a serious conversation and he's just like going to like plop, plop his hand like right on your face. And the fact that, like, not only were they able to, like, still act beyond that, but that they were able to, like, incorporate it into, like, the scene. I was just like, I don't know. Sometimes I think about acting. I think it's because, like, you're an actress. But, like, I think about acting and I'm like, damn, that shit is really hard. And they did it, like, so well. Yeah, and I encourage you all to pay attention next time you see 
a small child in in whatever project you watch because the adult actors most of the time will ignore whatever the child is doing like they won't incorporate it so yes that's a really good eye because i did see how they would incorporate it um i just thought that we really saw his personality for Benha's show and there's like one scene where raquel is like lying on in bed with him and they're playing peekaboo and like santiago walks in and raquel lifts the pillow up and ben has like smiling super big and it was just so cute like i just found myself like really watching him and being like oh my god he's like adorable and also like you know hits his mark <laughs> he hits his mark oh my god your uterus <laughs> Stop it. You were like, I need a child actor baby now. No, I've told myself I will not be a stage mother. Mm -hmm. If they so choose. No, they're going to be a soccer player. Just kidding. Wow. I want a mundial baby. (laughs) I'm like, as long... I actually am scared that my kid would like... I know we're going off topic and we don't have that much time. We're at 15%. But... (laughs) yeah we're at 15 percent. you know what scratch my tangent let's go back okay so just real fast other other major storylines um so benjamin is damian's child and they knew about it and damian set a bunch of money aside and now his mom is trying to claim claim him and take away the custody from santiago so that we still don't know how that's going to be resolved and then fede's storyline gets resolved a bit Kim, is that gay erasure? Okay. Tell us what happened. Let's talk about it. Okay, so more on Ben has or Ben has, ew, excuse me. Um, more on Federico's storyline. Okay, so obviously I love this man. Uh, he's my child. He's my son. I get baby fever. You get baby fever when you see Ben on screen. I get baby fever when I see Federico on screen. I'm like, he's my son. But um, okay, so we talked about him potentially being gay. We talked about how progressive and modern it was for this novella to to make the decision to talk about you know how like sexuality isn't black and white and you know it's sometimes it's not obvious for a lot of people and they have to go through a journey to discover their own sexualities so we're like that's awesome that's great but then in the more recent episodes so we see i have to bring up this one scene Federico really confides in in Lola, which I really, really loved. I love their friendship. I'm like, you guys should be brother and sister. Like, fuck me. Yeah. But so Federico really confides in Lola and Lola has a conversation and is basically like encouraging him to just be true to himself and listen to himself. And then there's this one moment where she comments on like los hombres, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, los hombres. And she's like, See, los hombres, like, you are still a man, which I was, like, so bothered by that. I'm like, ugh, like, gay men are men. Like, how, what? Like, how does that even have to be, like, explained to people? Um, So there was that scene. And then I'll also comment that, like, there was some moments where it felt a little flirtatious. And we've had those moments before between Federico and Lola. When they were in Acapulco, like, Mia and Nico went off. And then Federico gave kind of, like, the silly, like, look to Lola. And she was kind of like, forget it. Like, you're, you're, you must be joking. Uh, It was very, like, comedic. And I loved it. Um, But then we get that flirtiness again. We even get, like, you know, Santiago and Nico get home and Santiago's really upset that they're in their room with the door closed and Nico goes to open it. And then Nico sees them kind of like being playful with each other. And then Nico's upset and he's like, keep the door open. Um, and Federico even makes a comment to Nico like, oh, maybe I'll go after your sister. Um, so there's that. And uh, Lola even 
no, I think it was Mia. Mia mentions to Federico, like, you know, you, cause he's like, I don't know what I am. And she's like, where are you? Like, gay, bi. And then when she said bi, I'm like, oh my God, a bi character. And I was so excited. And then, um, later on, we see Federico coming back with that girl. I forgot her name. Luz. No, not Luz in the past. In yes. el pasado. We're still we're talking we're still talking about Federico in the past. Anyways, he goes back with that girl who was trying to hook up with him earlier, and they actually do. They hook up, and we don't see much of it, so we don't really get to see Federico's reactions. But then it jumps to the future, where um, he's working in the factory. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this, but there was a moment where Miriam Damian's mother basically froze all of the accounts and Federico has asthma my son my baby this is why he's my son and I love him but I don't know why I think it's I don't know but um so he was running out of his medicine and his mom was freaking out and his aunt was fucking robbing them trying to get him his medicine and he's like I'm just gonna go work at the business and because his dad's not there and his uncle's running it he puts him in the factory not on the actual like corporate side of it and he's like whatever and he decides to really like take it as an opportunity he doesn't tell anyone he's related to the you know to the the business owning family and he makes friends and he has these two friends Luz and Daniel right Dani yeah Luz and Dani and Dani's a man and he's gay and Luz is like Dani's best friend And Luz is like, oh, like you have a crush on Federico, ask him out, ask him out. And they kind of plot this really cute thing where they say that all three of them are going to hang out. And then Luz pulls out unexpectedly. Um, and it's just Dani and Federico. And then they hang out again. And then the second time they hang out, Dani kisses Federico. And Federico's like, whoa, like he just says something like, no, like. I'm not into that or I'm not into you, but not a real clarification of I'm not into men. Um, and then we see Luz really upset with Federico. So then they meet up to talk about it. And all of a sudden, Federico's all about Luz and he kisses her and it really comes out of nowhere. And she's even shocked about it. And this basically has me and Dulce wondering, like, <sighs> did they did they basically use this? I don't know, like as a point of tension to move the novella along, but then kind of like in their eyes resolve it by saying, oh, it's okay. He's actually not gay. We're really hoping that that's not the case. And we're really hoping that like we get a bi character. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I'll just add, it's also upsetting because it was almost treated like like him being gay was just a false alarm and it was a relief when he wasn't. Which, again, it's just so shitty because obviously there's nothing wrong with being gay, but it's treated like... And, and they, the characters themselves, like Damian, even though he doesn't understand it, which is real, a lot of parents don't understand it, but he was supportive and he was like, above everything, I love you. And so was Raquel. Uh, but then they both like had a sigh of relief almost when it's like, no, he's not. Mm -hmm. And so that's... Mm. We don't like that, but we hope that as the telenovela goes on, it's maybe revealed that he is bi because Kim and I both think that he has a little crush on Nico. Yeah, and it was really like the way that they interacted in the beginning that like instantly made me be like, gay? Um, 
And like not on Nico's part, like on Federico's part for sure. But yes, and now we're gonna stop the recording, and I'm gonna try to record on my mic alone with both of us because I have to export Kim's stuff because her computer is about to die. All right, so we're back. We're using one mic and just my computer. Kim, does that work? Yeah. Okay, I think that's working. Can okay. I say something longer? Um. Yeah. Hi, my name is Kim. Um. Sorry that we keep talking whenever we try to talk about Raquel and Santiago we keep talking about Carolina and Damian but as Dulce just told me it's it's the whole point of the novela to compare the two relationships mm-hmm. and so the wavelengths are telling me that this is gonna work so we're just gonna listen to the wavelengths so if the audio just sounds off I'm so 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 sorry I will stop recording these the day before I will get so up until a few weeks ago, I was actually like doing really good, and um, and I was recording episodes like I want to say like two, three weeks in advance, but now I fell, I've fallen off, I've fallen off, so it's my fault. Anyway, um, I what what were the last storylines we wanted to talk about? Uh, definitely Lola. All right, so we're just gonna talk about Lola's storyline, and then we're gonna give you a, and then I just. To end, I want both of us to give our top choice for the killer again. Okay. All right. So, Lola, do you want to take that, take ring? Yes. Uh, again, I love Julie, the actress who plays Lola. She has killer abs. Follow her on Instagram. She's actually, did we mention that um, the actress who plays Lola and the actor who plays Juan, they're actually dating IRL. And like the first time I showed Dulce Naranza, I'm like, oh my God, they're dating. They were kind of like, <gasps> because, you know, like obviously like they've only seen them together as Lola and Juan where he's really toxic and abusive. But IRL, they're so cute and follow her on Instagram. Anyways, um, so Lola, as we know, was in this really abusive relationship. She started trying to kind of like pull away. She even wanted to have a little help from the reporter who's been talking shit on her family because uh, this reporter was like, no, I'm going to help you. Like, my husband's a cop. And so she kind of starts taking steps towards, like, separating herself from him, even though nothing really pans out with, like, the reporter and the cop. Um, she still is actively separating herself from him. And in these moments, he he becomes really upset, is constantly looking for her. But then at the same time, Bebo, who is Nacho's son, returns home because he was imprisoned and they reconnect as friends. But you can see that there is obviously like more there. So Bebo starts to find out more and more about Juan and this toxic relationship. Juan actually attempts to kill Bebo. Thankfully, he survives. And in in that time where she's she's slowly separating herself to him and getting closer to Bebo, they also like reconnect and hook up one one more time because you know he says he's different she quickly finds out that he's not so as bebo and lola are starting to like ignite this like chemistry that they have uh we come to like literally they're about to kiss and then what happens they don't because lola has a stomach pain telenovela viewers what does it mean when a char- a female character on novela faints or has a stomach pain, Dulce, she's pregnant. You get ding, ding, ding. She's pregnant. So we find out that our little Lolita is pregnant. She hasn't kissed Bebo, so obviously it's Juan's. 
And who does she decide to confide in? Raquel, which I thought was a very, very sweet moment because she lost her mom. And, you know, like, it's kind of weird because she's she doesn't like that Raquel is seeing, is, you know, dating her father. But then at the same time, like, you know, this is a family friend. This is a, a maternal figure. This is a woman that she knew in her life and, and looked up to. Um, so she does confide in Raquel. And Raquel is very supportive. But right away, Lola is like, I don't want to keep it. Which to me, I was like, oh my God, she's so like assertive and decisive. And that really excited me to see that in a novela. But Raquel's reaction is kind of like, what? And you know, kind of shocked and not wanting to spook her, but really asking her, like, is she sure? Is she sure? And Lola's like, I'm absolutely 100% sure, you know, like, Juan is toxic. He's abusive. He he could potentially kill her, and she doesn't want to have his baby. And so um, Raquel does this really sneaky thing where she, she has this, like, family doctor who – Basically, I'm not sure if he is Mia's therapist or if he connected Mia to a therapist. It's something like that. But um, it, it's this family doctor that she frequently visits and she contacts him. And, you know, all we see as an audience is that she's saying that she needs help with Lola. And then Lola goes to meet with this doctor. And it's very strange because he starts he starts talking about hope. And how life hits you down and all you have is hope. And they come to where there's these sick children. And he says all these, like, all of these, these children have been through, like, the roughest life there is. But they still have hope. And they have hope because they have life. And he goes on to say, no one has the right to take another's life. Dulce, please take it away. Because, wait, actually, let me just say one thing. I understand listeners that some of you out there might have your own beliefs and your own feelings towards abortion um however i would like to state that i too have my own feelings and my own beliefs about abortions and i am going to vocalize those but sorry go ahead yeah and just basically it's a telenovela right and i've always said that telenovelas are really good at analyzing where culture is in Mexico, like just the fact that we saw um, that we saw Fede actually kiss a man, huge progress because not too long ago those kisses were being banned and weren't being allowed to be seen by the public. However, abortion is still so taboo in Mexico, and I mean even in the United States, but in Mexico it's to the point where media won't show it. Or won't portray it. And I mean, one of the most iconic Mexican telenovelas of all time is a telenovela called El Derecho de Nacer, The Right to Be Born. Oh, so God. that tells you all you need to know. And so, um, like Kim, I understand that some of you may have um, opinions and beliefs uh, about abortion. And I have them too. But ultimately for me, I think it's the choice of a woman. And as Lola's character shows, this, the father of her child, is someone who has tried to kill, who has beat her, who has abused her, who has mentally and verbally assaulted her. I understand her completely why she would not want to have this child 
with him. And so that's her choice. And, you know, I support it as a viewer. And it really did upset me that Raquel tried to manipulate her into wanting to have this child. Because I think having a conversation like she originally was having, which was, are you sure that this is a choice you want? Like, let's give you the resources. Let's see your options. Because absolutely, you should be made aware of all your options. But to try to sneak you and, like, trick you into choosing one over the other, I think robs you of your authority and your own autonomy. Beautifully, beautifully, beautifully put, Dulce. Um, And so, yes, so we see Lola and then... Uh, with this doctor and then we cut to a scene where Raquel is speaking to the doctor and he's like I'm sorry like she's very set on her decision meaning Lola is still planning to abort the pregnancy Um, and Raquel's like no but we have to do something and he's just like nope she made up her mind Um, and then we get a scene with Lola and Bebo where Lola confesses to Bebo which I I thought was was pretty big because like again everyone has a different choice and like a different way to go about it but I feel like if I was in that position I don't know if I would have been ready to tell Bibble but the fact that she was she kind of like in that moment before seeing him as a potential love interest saw him as like an old friend someone to rely on like I really I really love that for them and Bebo's response was mostly like I'm like he was struggling to even with with the realization that like Lola and Juan had sex which I'm kind of like what like she's like in her almost 20s right at that point she's like 1920 so I'm like I mean I you know like definitely like they don't need to have sex but it's also not surprising that they had sex so but he was mostly stuck on that and then when she, when he kind of asked her, like, what are you going to do? And he finds out that uh, she's going to abort. He's just more like, oh, you need to tell Juan. Not not really like, oh, you know, consider not aborting. But he's more like, tell Juan. Which that in itself was weird to me. Because I'm like, did everyone just forget that, like, how controlling and possessive he is? And what the the amount of violence he inflicts? Finding out something like this is... It, it could be dangerous for Lola, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we don't know what's going to happen with Lola yet. Uh, last we heard, last we saw, she still wants to have the abortion, but it seems like she's not being supported in her decision. And I think the telenovela has very much, at, to, at least to this point, um, been like pro-life and pro uh, pro. Uh, her not having the abortion. Mm-hmm. What I think is going to happen is, um, so I think she's going to decide to keep it, and she is not going to tell Juan, but then Juan is going to find out, be controlling, be possessive, and then I think Juan is going to either die or go to jail. Um, and I feel like Raquel and Santiago are going to play a really big part in raising the baby. Not completely. I definitely think Lola is going to still be around. But um, I definitely think that they're going to play a big part in raising that baby. Wow. Yeah, this telenovela just has so many adult and very, I don't know, real life heavy stuff. It does. It does. Like, like yeah. we, we've had to say content warning a lot. So much in this telenovela. Like, and, and like Ruby and Teresa, there were content warnings there dealing with abusive and toxic men. But it was like, we did it twice, I think. 
Yeah. And in this one, honestly, like, I feel this whole episode should be should be a content warning. <laughs> it so should. So, this is your content warning for next episode. <laughs> um, because, yeah, the storylines, I feel like, are only going to get even more intense and more controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we sign off, real fast, because this is going to lead us on to our theories. Um, before we tell you who we think our top pick for killer is... One, the telenovela is kind of alluding through the police character that there was more than one person involved. Because when they still think that Nacho is a top suspect, he's like, but what if he didn't act alone? What if someone else... So they're like planting the seed. And again, I tell you, I don't think this telenovela does anything without there being a reason. So they're, they've been planting the seed that this was a two-person job. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing, Nacho, up until very recently, was still the prime suspect. Um, it, it led to a lot of heart-to-hearts with, with Santiago, who ended up believing him and trusting him. And our boy, Bebo, did everything in his power to clear his father's name. Can I just say something? Um, the police on this show is trash. Because literally, Bebo was doing way more, much more detective work, was able to, I'm sorry, I'm getting loud, was able to, like, find, find someone who could confirm an alibi for his father and, you know, to kind of, like, get back at her husband. The reporter lady even says this, like, where the fuck is the police? Why aren't they doing their job? Why is this kid running around doing their job for them? And now we're seeing, now that Nacho's free, we're seeing, like, Nacho and Santiago teaming up to be like, okay, well, like, they're not going to fucking find our killer. So, like, let's do it, you and me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so Nacho is freed because Bev was able to find the alibi, but also they find the gun that was used to kill Carolina, and going back to the incompetence of this police force, they don't find it. Two kids find it. And their father calls them and is like, I know this is near the spot where that woman was killed. So really, without them, the police would have nothing. So they have the weapon and they find a fingerprint that doesn't match Nacho. And so with that and the alibi, they're able to free him. And yeah, and so Nacho and Santiago are like who killed Carolina and Nacho is immediately like Miriam, Damian's mother did it. So Kim, who do you think killed Carolina? I really believe, and I know you say it's an obvious choice, but I think it's Mia. I just think it's Mia because something that, you know, we touched on a little bit and um, that I'm just going to bring up again is that it's almost like damn near everyone either knew or had a sense about Damian and Carolina's affair, except for Santiago and, um, Raquel. and Raquel. And like Mia from like fucking day one, she was like, I don't want that woman near my, like my father. And like was constantly telling everyone who would listen, like Carolina's fishy. I don't like her. Um, I don't want him. I don't want her around my father. And then when it's just when, Something we didn't mention really quick that we'll mention right now is Damian actually like tells Raquel that he wants to separate. He doesn't tell her why, but he's just like, I want some time alone. And it's in these moments where Mia really gets into her investigative mode and she's like, what's going on? They believe that it's Raquel's old best friend. Federico even goes to confront her 
And then Damian is kind of like, no, it wasn't her. And then in a conversation with Mia says like something along the lines like, it's not really your business if I cheat. Something like that. It's it's hard for me to remember this conversation now, but um, so this kind of like still leaves both Mia and Federico on like the feeling of like okay, like our father's a cheater, um, and he comes back to his family, but they they still have this feeling of our father's a cheater, uh, and we just don't know like who he's doing it with. Um, and then there's a convers there's a moment where Federico overhears a conversation between Carolina and Damian over the phone and it's very intense and he just kind of walks out and he has this sus feeling and he tells Lola because he's at the time with Lola like that's weird and that's not okay and Lola actually confronts Carolina because she's also like that's weird and that's not okay um and Carolina and Damian play it off really well but everyone had this inkling but especially Mia. And we already know that Mia is someone who like acts before she thinks. We know that, you know, she can be very, very extreme. So I think Mia. Okay. And I'm going to go with Fede. What? Yes. Because he's the least likely. Because he's the least likely. What's the red herring thing? Would he be the red herring or would Mia be the so red herring? So here's the thing. The red herring is it's the thing that's not supposed to, that's going to be like, that's kind of like the obvious choice, but because it's obvious, it's not it. However, something that's the obvious choice, sometimes, sometimes media uses a red herring to their advantage. So they're like, this is the most obvious choice. And people who are, who know about red herrings are going to be like, that's too obvious. So they make it that. The mind games. The mind <laughs> games. I think it's Fede. I think he knows more than he's letting on. And I think... He has it capable in him. However, I will say that Raquel is climbing up to my list. Oh, yeah. So we will leave. We will tell you all, listeners, why Raquel is climbing to our list next week when we continue breaking down Caer en Tentacion. And I think next week will be our second to last episode on this series because we're almost done. I know. That went by so quick. Yeah. And I just want... Literally, my goals for next episode, which I have no control over, is I want Damian awake, and I want an arrest. <laughs> I want Damian awake, too. I want him awake so he can fucking hurt. And I know maybe that's fucked up, but I want him to realize that the love of his life is dead, that his daughter almost killed himself because of him. That We didn't even mention that. Oh, my God, y'all. There is just so much in this novella. If you're not watching it, you got to watch it. Watch it with us. Send us your questions because, yes, like, your commentary, it just, it fuels us. Yes. And with that, we have so much still to talk about. But we will see you all next week. Thank you, Kim. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>